As the blockchain marketing landscape continues to expand, we're continually seeing new creative solutions for scaling digital advertising. Today, in a special blockchain CMO episode, Lindsay Galloway, the CMO of Rebel AI, joins Travis and Donnie. Lindsay's going to share how her team and technology accomplish this goal with products built to protect and secure programmatic media trading between premium publishers and advertisers. One particularly interesting solution is how they cryptographically seal advertisers' creative to avoid a common fraud called domain spoofing. Well, there might be some podcast spoofing, and you may wonder if this is real life or just fantasy in episode number 359 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Mr. Travis Wright, I do have one question for you. What's that? Is What's that? this the real life? It's really, it really is. My voice is really bad because it's cheering at the AFC Championships, James. That's all you get. Yeah, go Chiefs. You guys won and will be facing off against the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. You might have your voice back by then. That's true. That's true. Actually, actually, I was really smart. I, I was only cheering loudly on third down because I was like, we spent the whole week in Miami. But in Arrowhead, it's different, man. So whenever the defense has the ball, we're loud. We are super loud. We're the loudest stadium, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, in the world. Like, we got we got to 142 point something decibels. And I don't know if you know how loud that is. That is super loud. And we're the loudest stadium in the world. And they've checked many of the loudest stadiums in the world. Ours is the loudest. And you know what? Especially on third down. Like, that's when you got to yell and pound on things. And then what happens is, is it normally makes them do like a offsides or something. You know what I mean? That's, that happened a couple times yesterday. It's so loud. And uh, yeah, I, I, my son's voice is completely torched. Most people's voices today are completely torched. I just only cheered on third down so I didn't lose my voice. Mm. You know, for a long time, the Who were known as the loudest band, according to decibel ratings. And a quick search for the loudest bands ever brings up the band Sleazy Joe. Apparently, they're Swedish rockers that hit 143.2 decibels in 2008 in a concert in Hasselholm, Sweden. My I mean, God, that, at a concert in that small of a venue, hitting that loud, that would be very, they must have had some serious speakers to be able to pump out that kind of decibels. Good Lord. These these go to 12. Wow. <laughs> right? I would say bring some earplugs if you go see that band. Right, absolutely. Well, thanks for coming to uh, listen to this episode, gang. It's going to be a great one. This is our third in a series of four blockchain CMO interviews that are conducted by Mr. Travis Wright and Donnie DeVoren mm -hmm. of NeverStopMarketing.com. And what's going to happen is that the blockchain CMO is going to spin off. It's like it's like the bad crypto is having puppies. It's going to be its own show. Well, when they have puppies, don't they have like normally like three or four or five, maybe eight in a litter? But this is only going to be one. Well, we've already had, we've had the crypto check with Rachel True. Wolfson. So uh -huh. there's a puppy. We've had EOS Voice News that we've done several episodes on. We're uh -huh. just waiting for Voice to launch. So there's a puppy. And yeah. Blockchain bad news CMO. Bad news and Bad Boys of Tech. Right, That's Bad Boys of Tech. So we got, we got puppies. We just pop them out, you know, in little 
spurts rather than yeah, we don't all pop out a whole litter because that would be obnoxious and Let's i actually and i actually oh, and i actually have the kc sports cast that i kind of launch on your own and you've relaunched the joel com podcast so maybe there are some some puppies out there there's puppies aplenty for everybody and there's also llamas if you check out our show sponsor upland it's a location-based property trading game we've heard from a lot of you guys that you think this is pretty cool it's all paired with a decentralized economy essentially you buy sell trade and develop virtual properties based on real world addresses in this case the real world addresses are all in the city by the bay in san francisco and so you collect the in-game currency called upix as a reward for ownership and for completing missions in the game the objective is to establish an open economy where various stakeholders interact and transact with each other directly without intermediaries check it out now go to upland.me or just go to the ios app store or google play search for upland sign up and you will get three thousand upix so that you can purchase your first virtual property and we've also got a new sponsor. We're really excited about these guys. They're doing some interesting stuff in a little bit different sort of a way. Club Swan is a tech-driven uh, organization, and they have these lifestyle memberships. And uh, so it's interesting. They have these multiple membership levels to select from, all of which include a payment card powered by MasterCard. And they have a global memberships to provide services to members in 50 different countries. You're able to liquidate crypto into cash in minutes with eight current cryptos available. Payment card is accepted globally where most credit cards are accepted. They have a nice concierge team that's going to help out and uh, ways to earn with the member referral program. Check it out. It is it is interesting. They're doing things in a different way and uh, definitely worth at least giving it a gander because it's swans. So clubswan.com, and you can go check that out at badco.im forward slash swan. And you can swing with the swan. Stop staring at me, swan. <laughs> All right, Mr. Travis Wright, let's get to this awesome interview with Lindsay Galloway of Rebel AI. Take it away, blockchain CMO. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have another segment of the Blockchain CMO with us. I am with my trusty co-host, Mr. Donnie Devoren. How are you doing, Donnie? I am doing great, Travis. How are you? Doing awesome. So as you know, we are doing a series of uh, episodes around blockchain, around marketing, ad tech, marketing tech. And these episodes are primarily for people who are in marketing, but it's also really interesting because we're talking about real world technology with companies that are using blockchain. And today we have with us the CMO of Rebel AI. Now Rebel AI brings, they say they bring simplicity and scale to digital advertising with products built to protect and secure programmatic media track trading between premium publishers and advisors this is gonna be very interesting for you guys ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show Lindsay galloway hi everybody great to be here nice nice to have you on the show so so tell us tell us a little bit about um your journey first of all what like what is your thoughts around this whole blockchain-y crypto world that we're entering oh it's been like a crazy journey for sure uh i actually started my career in print magazines and then joined the digital world like about 10 years ago and ran the first like Twitter accounts and started to see social take off. And to me, blockchain offers the potential to be the next big thing. And I know it's gone through a hype cycle and all of that, but it's been exciting to watch the different companies that have come out of it, the companies that are starting to succeed in it. 
So I'm really excited to see what it brings to marketers, especially. Cool. And then how did you um, find Manny, the CEO and Rebel AI? What was, how did you join HIPS? So uh, I joined the Boulder kind of startup crowd about seven years ago. So we were doing contextual hyperlinking uh, for publishers. So it kind of bridged my publishing side and the advertising side. And Manny at the time was CTO of that company. And uh, we worked really well together. And then in late 2016, we decided to start this company only because we saw the just sheer amounts of fraud that were happening in the advertising ecosystem. Uh, As some of you may know, programmatic is very convoluted space with a lot of different partners and jumps that go through everything. So we really wanted to attack the fraud angle and thought cryptography and blockchain were a good solution for that problem. Very good. Now, there's actually a nice little budding uh, startup scene happening down there in, in Boulder, Colorado. Now, my my normal co-host for the show, Avad Crypto, Joel, he's located in Denver, just right down the road. Oh, no way. From- from Boulder. So there's a lot. What, what kind of stuff's going on down there in Boulder? Yeah, it's been crazy. We've had not only like our, a lot of different startups coming in. Um, we've got like the big guys, Amazon, Twitter, Google, all have like a space here now, too. So it's definitely exploding. Uh, the cool thing is that this, in the startup space, there's a lot of different types of startups that are happening here. So we've got health startups. Uh, of course, the cannabis startups are growing and strong here. And uh, along with a growing kind of advertising and marketing uh, stack as well. So it's a great environment to start a startup for sure. Do you think there's also like a little bit of a blockchain central in Colorado or Boulder? And like what what attracts startups to that area? Yeah, we have um, we've got a bunch of different um I would say the lifestyle is great. So we have like a lot of outdoor like balanced lifestyle. So people uh, love coming in and leaving work at five and getting on the bike or hitting the slopes and doing the whole Colorado thing. So that's been, uh, that's definitely an attraction for the area, but it's also, I think the growing community provides a lot of resources for people that want to join, uh, a, a growing startup and bounce ideas off of each other. It's a very collaborative environment. Uh, unlike say like New York, where you have a little bit more competition, I think everyone here reaches out to each other and gets advice from each other. So it's a, a very collaborative environment. Yeah, but New York, get out of my way. I'm walking. We do yeah. <laughs> things to do with him. New York is important. Exactly. So yeah, let's let's talk about Rebel AI because I find this very fascinating. And I know that Donnie's Donnie's a huge fan. He was the one that sort of brought this to our radar. So you guys are using blockchain that that works for advertising. You guys are doing a, a, its own sort of you guys are, you know, identifying publishers in a very unique way to protect the publishers because I know sometimes, you know, uh, websites and domains can be spoofed, mm-hmm. right? And you think you're going to a certain website but you're not going to a website and there's been some problems with advertising in the past where your ads will start showing up on these fake websites and, you know, there hasn't really been a way to sort of control that. So how is Rebel AI using blockchain and with identity and consensus and, 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 and we'll talk a little bit later about currencies. So, so give us the lowdown. Yeah. So we're working with publishers uh, to give them their own like identity on the internet. So uh, as you, as we talked about a little bit about earlier, domain spoofing has been a huge problem in the industry because people can spoofers there's a ton of money in advertising so they want to 
siphon that money. Someone thinks they're buying inventory on the New York Times, uh, but the bad guys are able to manipulate that and make it look like you're buying inventory on the New York Times, but it's really going to their pockets. So we provide the public and private key to publishers, and then we're able to work with the advertisers to encrypt their creative and so it only can unlock when it lands on that correct publisher site. So the New York Times, for instance, uh, no one else can decrypt or show the creative unless they have that set of private key validation. That's fascinating. Let's let's unwind that a little bit more because it seems like that. So is there there's some sort of encryption code on on the publisher's website that unlocks that? How, how does that work? Yeah, exactly. So what we do is we give the public and private key to the publisher, and then we're able to sign the ad tag with the publisher private key. So then it can go through the typical ecosystem uh, and land through different supply side platforms to different buying platforms. And then when it lands, that creative or ad tag is called, it'll check back for that key and then validate with the publisher's public key and be able to decrypt it and show it. But if it doesn't match, if that key doesn't exist on that publisher website, nothing will display. So the mm. advertisers can then show a, a pass back if they want or just a blank ad. But in any case, that ad will never display and render an impression on a site that uh, doesn't have the keys. Genius. And, and I recall when we first um, chatted, I said, oh, my God, this is going to be so challenging. You got to go to every single publisher and deal with the public and private keys. And then you said, no, 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 there is a way to do this, like at the, at the undercore level. Can you explain how you can kind of take this to scale and you don't need to go publisher by publisher? Yeah, a lot of publishers uh, work with CDNs, like uh, content delivery networks. So we can install and integrate those keys at the CDN level. So it really makes it seamless. So they don't have to go one by one into each domain. They can kind of get one and done and it protects them across their sites. So it's, gives a way to give scale to all of this uh, in a simple way. Yeah, that is, that is interesting. It seems to me that this is the type of thing that could, that could really be beneficial for advertising because we know there's so much fraud. So much. advertising, like I, billion, I, I think was the last count. How much, how much is that? 19 billion? 19 billion, I think was the last number that I saw. Yeah, and then I saw another number for 42 billion from Juniper. Like it, oh, it, just, yeah. it just keeps doubling like every couple of years. No, and that's so crazy. To, it's hard to lock down a number, right? Because like the, the bad guys are invested in not being caught. And there's just estimations out there on on how much is really going on. Mm. So you could conceivably, if, if the publishers opt into your platform and utilize your guys' solution, we could conceivably, at least on digital, we could conceivably bring that fraud number down to very low numbers. Yeah, exactly. And and that way you're also, we we know everything that is being transacted is secure. So it's not even just necessarily preventing fraud, but that insurance policy that you know whatever you're transacting is with the people that you intended to transact with. I'm curious to know, like lately, how the perception from like the advertising community it has been. And I'll back up by saying that, like, I've been thinking a lot about the progression of many of the companies. And so you guys founded in, in 2016, but I would say 2017 was the real year that a lot of the companies in this ecosystem that are using blockchain um, started coming up with this idea and developing the product. 2018, the products became real and started to see more tests and pilots. 
leading that into 2019, which is in the year right now, I think that 2020 is the year where all the pilots from 2018 and 2019 are saying, okay, we found success. Mm-hmm. Now let's really scale this out. And um, you'll start seeing more and more from the companies that are using blockchain. Would, would you like agree with that timeline? And then, and then where would you fall um, on that as far as like the success that you've had recently? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. It was really important to us to find partners that were willing to take a chance on a technology that hadn't been used in the market before. So we found some great partners, uh, not only here, but also in Europe. We uh, have been really successful. Uh, The market there is just really invested in solving this problem and really interested in blockchain. So we've had some great success there and here. And I agree that we're scaling up uh, those different pilot programs that have launched in the past two years. Uh, So I think we're still a little bit out from it being mainstream on every campaign, but I don't think uh, too far out, right? Just uh, probably another year or so of getting those big name holding companies uh, on the record. You guys are certainly ahead of the curve. Um, now, now tell us, tell us about your, you know, so you, know, you have the three core pillars, you have the identity and consensus and currency that you talk about on your website with consensus being your distributed ledger brings a new transparency and new audit ability to the advertising market. How does it do that? Because auditing of advertising in a lot of ways is a challenge and there's never really been transparency into this. So to me, this seems like a really, a, a really cool innovation. How, how does that work? Yeah, so we give uh, access to all of our partners to Hyperledger to be able to query the same data that we query so they can, they have the full transparency the same as we have. We're not trying to hide anything. It was a decision early on whether to run on a public or private blockchain. uh, And that was an interesting, challenging decision because a lot of these companies are publicly traded and didn't necessarily want all their information to be available on a public blockchain. So that kind of informed our decision, uh, at least early on, to get people used to it. It's such a such an old industry and there's a lot of money flowing through it and people were still unsure about the technology. So Gotta ease them into it. Yeah, exactly. So under get them to understand the concepts and then uh, be able to, in the future, uh, move to a more publicly auditable uh, blockchain. Okay. So, so an advertiser comes to you and they say, great, like, this is great. We want to remove domain spoofing. We want to use Rebel AI. And they say, you know, like 70 to 80% of their digital marketing is on, you know, Google and, and Facebook. And then the other, you know, 20 or 30% is more traditional programmatic. Um, are you able to go to like into like the Google world or like the Facebook world at, at all? Or does this have to be just outside of that? We're focused primarily on the outside, like open market. That's where a lot of the the fraud is happening. Um, but I think there's also a return. A lot of people are not the happiest right now with the non-transparency of Google and Facebook. So there's a market to uh, to grow programmatic in the open market, I think, still. So we really help solve that problem. And as that area grows and more people are starting to interrogate Google and Facebook, we're able to still serve and protect that open market inventory. Yeah. And maybe that's one of the reasons of the Google and Facebook growth was like, there's so much fraud out in the (laughs) open markets that they don't want to use that type of programmatic inventory. Um, If we reduce that fraud, like the, the, the pendulum can switch back over. Right. Exactly. That's like saying there's no fraud in Google or Facebook, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
so now most blockchains, right? We we talk on bad crypto a lot. Uh, we interview different people who are doing different projects, and most projects have some sort of token or some sort of cryptocurrency element to their blockchain when they're going through their consensus model and right and it pops out some cryptos and all of that and so so how does crypto work or actually not work or there's what's going on with rebel ai what's your ecosystem like yeah we really again because these companies are a little bit slower to adopt and and publicly traded uh we decided early on not to go the the ico or crypto um coin raising route which i think has served us well because like you said earlier we're easing them into this concept and then at some point once we have, have more adoption and scale there could be uh different incentives that we build into a coin but we just felt like it was a lot for the advertising e ecosystem already to take on and change. Uh, so we were doing it piecemeal. So that was the the last piece uh, in our roadmap. So it may be something that we introduce uh, down the road, but it's not something that we're working with right now. Oh, I want a bag of Rebel AI tokens. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a cool logo. I want to take them to the moon. Exactly. <laughs> Just like your bad coins, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so what, like what's on your, on your wish list? Like what, what would you, what do you wish, um, to happen, you know, either for, for rebel AI or for the advertising, uh, landscape, like what are, what are some of the things that you wish can happen that are just not happening yet? Uh, I always wish for more innovation, I think, or for people to be willing to, to try new things. Like there's a sense in advertising that people come in, like push the buttons, they, get the money, like get their campaigns out there. And it's just very, uh, they have their patterns and they don't want to change anything, even when it could be better. So I think we've met a couple of great people in the ecosystem that are really innovative and trying to push things forward and really get to the bottom of fraud and different things. So I really hope that the, the whole industry in general is starting to pay more attention to that. And I think it's happening to some extent, especially with this look at transparency and the data rights and different things. So I think it's happening. I always wish it happened faster, but that's the the startup girl in me. So um, I definitely hope that for the advertising ecosystem going forward. Nice. So you, and you also, you have a, on your website, you have the passport, right? And you say, uh, by protecting publisher identity, your cryptographic solutions prevent advertisers from displaying and advertising on spoofs. So we talked about that a little bit, but how, so you got secure tags and you have this immutable identity and that allows you guys to have guaranteed delivery of that. So, so how do these, how do these secure tags work? And maybe describe that to, to the audience a little bit of like, what are tags? How does, what does that even mean? Yeah. So as, uh, as you might know, anytime you go to a website, you'll see those little, like either a video ad or an ad like a 300 by 250 on the, the sidebar. And those are all generated based on a bunch of different factors. It's like programmatic is like who, who you are, what you've looked at recently. Uh, also contextual, what's happening on the website, what the article's about. So all those things, it collects that data, sends it back to a advertiser ad platform and decides what creative it wants to serve you. Uh, in that particular second. So that's just a little bit of JavaScript on, on the page calling back to a bunch of different platforms to serve you that correct ad. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, with how Passport works is exactly that same way. 
but instead of just placing the JavaScript ad tag directly on the page, you're the campaign or advertiser is going to use our platform to encrypt it. So it encrypts it with the destination sites that it's authorized to display on. So let's say like Business Insider, New York Times, CNN, and then we encrypt that ad tag back uh, with those site identities, give it back to the advertiser, and then they schedule it in their platforms just like they would any other normal ad tag. So all the same rules apply. They still can do the targeting they want or the contextual targeting they want. But the only difference is that it will only display when it lands on those secured sites. So that's like to me, like the domain spoofing fraud. What are the other types of fraud out there for the audience mm-hmm. to know? And then like, which ones does Rebel AI solve or which type of fraud? It's like, no, that's outside of your realm. Yeah, iframe stuffing is one we've seen a lot in our uh, tests. So uh, that's when someone like will do like a one by one of uh of a particular site. So no one's actually seeing the ad, uh, but it looks like it's coming from that site because it's in a one-by-one iframe. Uh, so we see that quite a bit. Uh, of course, bot traffic is is very common, but it's also fairly simplistic uh, in terms of someone just setting up a, let's say, mobile phone bank or a browser bank somewhere and just hitting hitting their websites over and over again for uh, to get the ad revenue on it. Uh, that's the most common one, probably what everyone thinks about when they hear of bot fraud uh, on the internet. Uh, and I would say there's just different other thing, other use cases that we can detect in terms of if someone, there's like a too long of a delay, uh, there, that can be a sign of suspicious traffic, like between when the ad loads and the page loads. Uh, so that's just a, a handful of the different types of fraud that that we see. I mean, knowing that there's, uh, you know, 40, 50 billion dollars a year in fraud, potentially, like, has there ever been anyone like arrested for this? Like, oh, you manage a whole Barth bot farm full of these and you've pilfered a billion dollars. Like, I, I've never read or it's never been in mainstream news. It's actually come to my eyeballs that I've seen somebody actually getting arrested for this fraud. And this is, we're talking ridiculous amounts of money here. That's a great point. There was actually the very first uh, uh, FBI uh, indictment that happened uh, earlier this year. Uh, mm. It was a result of the meth Finally, fraud. after 20 <laughs> some odd years of mainstream right? internet. That's what everyone Lord. was saying for a long time that like, why wouldn't you do fraud? Because there's no real consequences to it. Like the worst case. Why didn't you think about this 20 years ago, Donnie? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we would have been in jail. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But finally, it was like a group effort to really uh, bring together, I think, Google White Ops. Um, A bunch of teams came together to work with directly with the FBI to, to shut it down for the first time. But it was really interesting to hear about uh, like how how long it took to just to be able to prosecute it and uh, actually prove that there was harm done uh, on what scale financially. So it was a pretty groundbreaking case. So we how big? How much money had they scammed? Any idea? Oh, I think it was something like uh, three to five million a million day. at least for this three to five million a day. Yeah, yeah. You, you could Google it. It was it was large. I forget the man. That's numbers. like island money. You can just be chilling right? with that, dude. You don't even need to work anymore. Just create a bot farm and do some ad scams. Damn. 
Yeah, <laughs> that is insane. That is insane. It, it brings up a, a logical question, which is there are companies like yours, and then there's companies that have been around for more than three to five years. Um, I could think of like IES, which is Integral Ad Science, Double Verify, Moat. You just mentioned White Ops. And now there's all these newer startups coming in, all fighting fraud. But then these Juniper reports literally write every year that it's like, doubling or going up 50%. So why is the chart of fraud going up and to the right where mm-hmm. the number of com- companies coming into sulfur fraud are also going up and to the right? Like, wh- how do we how do we stop that? And why isn't it being stopped? Well, I think uh, one thing that we like to talk about with Rebel AI is that we're a deterministic solution for fraud. Like it's a very, it's math based, right? So it's very black and white. Like, yes, this is the authorized website. No, it's not. A lot of the other fraud providers are probabilistic. They base their security on different things that they've seen in the market. So are able to try to be like, okay, statistically, this looks like a bot. Statistically, this looks like a human. And so kind of are able to try to figure it out. But of course, the fraudsters that are really good are able to stay ahead of that algorithm and be able to look in act and look like a human on the internet with like mouse movements and and uh, where they move on the page and so it's it's really uh, tough to keep up. So I think in some ways that there is there's always going to be a little bit of cat and mouse, but I think bringing deterministic solutions like ours to the market will really help uh, put a lid on that growing fraud number. I think Donnie might be a bot. Not sure. Seems really I'm not as smart as a bot. Sorry. <laughs> right on. So, where are some maybe some case studies and stuff that you guys have already done? Because you guys have been around for since 2016. Like, what are some success stories and some 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 you know maybe some uh, fraud that you've identified or some money that you've saved advertisers or you know working with with some publishers? What's what's some cool things that have happened so far? Yeah, the coolest thing that just happened. We won a IAB Mix Award, and IAB is the Interactive Advertising Bureau. It's kind of the trade organization. Congrats. For- the digital advertising. Thank you. Uh, so that was great. We worked with a Belgian publisher and a big uh, energy company over there as the advertiser. And it was a great collaborative plan to try to just show we worked with the publisher for their keys and worked with the advertiser and the agency uh, to encrypt their campaign and were able to not only show different rates of, of domain spoofing, uh, but also just different interesting things that were happening on their site, different SSPs that were kind of doing some strange things. So just bringing more transparency to the ecosystem and stuff that they had never seen before, their advertisers had never seen before. So they were really pleased with those results and what they saw, and they're going to expand uh, throughout uh, all next year. And some of their advertisers are even... Uh, going to require all the publishers they work with to have these keys in order to get any of their budget, both for encrypted campaigns and traditional campaigns. So it's a a great success uh, on that front. So we're hoping to continue to expand our footprint in Europe and do similar uh, awards and things here in the U.S. Nice. And then so, you know, so start summarizing. It's like, how does somebody engage you? Like, what's the pricing model look like? And how does somebody uh, that wants to work with you work with you? Well, we work with publishers. It's always free to to work with us as a publisher. Uh, we just give you uh, the keys via the CDN or a JavaScript installation. So 
that was fairly straightforward. And once you're a publisher, you just always have the ability to be part of our secure market, cryptographic marketplace. And any advertiser that jumps in is able to see your inventory is can be secure, securely bought. And then on the advertiser side, again, it's fairly straightforward to work with us. Uh, we just work with whatever ad tags you have currently are able to intake your campaign and export it, uh, like I mentioned, in the secure format. And then they schedule it just like normal. So we tried to be really non-invasive to the process, as I mentioned earlier. There's people are very set in their ways in terms of ad operations and their flow, and they don't want uh, too many extra steps. So we make it pretty straightforward if you're familiar with the advertising flow and ad ops flow. We're just one extra step in that, and then they're ensured that they won't run on any sites that they didn't intend to run on. And then it's like a SaaS model? Yep, exactly. So we have a tiered SaaS model, so you'll have... Uh, X number of impressions at a certain monthly rate, and then it tears up from there. Very nice. Now, you know, one of the things that that we've seen such an up, uptick in over time is like ad blocking, right? Mm-hmm. And then now we even have browsers out there that are blocking ads completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so actually, one one created by the creator of JavaScript out there. Great. Yeah. So how does AI, uh, Rebel AI, you know, does it does it work on those platforms, or is it how is it going to evolve over time to to sort of you know overcome some of those those uh, hurdles? Yeah, and I think like what we really like what uh, what Brave and and that company is doing and uh, support it a lot, and I think they have some really interesting models in terms of supporting the publishers and working with the advertisers. So it makes a lot of sense, and I think. Uh, as we see more and more interrogation into data practices across the uh, across the U.S., we'll see more and more of of that. And our goal is to evolve with that as well and mm. provide security um, for all advertisers. So being able to get the different advertisers uh, <clears throat> to deliver their message in a secure way will remain our our focus, even as the ad blockers potentially grow and browsers grow. I think. Uh, it's not about one product specifically, but about mm-hmm. the mission of the company and continuing to grow with the market. Yeah, well, you guys have a, you, the mindset in the right place. You guys' heart in the right place, doing things to help the advertisers and the publishers create a much better playing playground for everyone to get those to get those fraudsters out of there. So I think, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense that, you know, that's sort of the ethos of what Brave is doing. They're like, well, look at all this crazy stuff that's going on. Let's like, yeah. let's let's reward people for for this. And so, yeah, maybe when you get that rebel token out there, we'll, we'll, yeah. have, you back, we'll have you back on the show. Absolutely. Um, well, Lindsay, thank you so much for having uh, for coming on Blockchain CMO. We enjoy talking about you. You guys can visit um, Rebel AI by just doing a Google search and going to their website if you are an advertiser or reaching out directly to Lindsay. And uh, Lindsay, any final thoughts for the audience? No, I think you guys have been great asking great questions and the interrogation wasn't too bad. So I appreciate that. <laughs> That's great. Where can people find you online? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn is a great place to to hunt me down. And I just uh, hunted you down, by the way. <laughs> it's perfect. And then my email is just lgalloway at rebelai.com if anyone wants to get in touch with me directly. Great stuff. Lindsay Galloway, Chief Marketing Officer of Rebel AI. Thank you for coming on. Thanks to you guys. It's been great. Mr. Travis Wright, your thoughts on that interview, please, good sir. 
Well, you know what? I thought it was, it's an interesting solution how they're, you know, visualizing the data supply chain and, and helping make ads, you know, ad, get some ad security out there because a lot of times, you know, ad, ad spend can be, you know, very fraudulently used and you don't necessarily know where your clicks go. You don't know if the, the clicks were clicks or not. Uh, you definitely, you know, that 50% of your ads can work, but you don't know which ones. That's kind of what happened in the past. You know, there's a famous famous quote there by uh, watermaker uh i don't know 50 percent of my advertising works i just don't know which one 150 you know that's starting to change people are actually knowing exactly finding the click path of exactly where this traffic's coming from where it's going where which ads you're able to, to decipher you know um with, with based on the codes on the site which which things are tracking you what's doing what so i mean i think that that situations and uh, solutions like Rebel AI, we're going to start seeing more and more of that. You know, being able to secure media buys with cryptography is unique. So I think that's I think it's pretty cool. I think it's fun chatting with with uh, people who are doing cool stuff like this. Yeah, you know, Donnie uh, keeps a list of the blockchain marketing landscape, and I'm sure it's changed a bunch in the past couple of years. It's at NeverStopMarketing.com, and if you go under Marketing Resources, you can see their current views. You know, during the ICO season, there was a lot of companies that had some big dreams right, for what they were going to do. And a lot of them didn't survive because the market fell apart. They might have completed their ICO and were working on it, but then the the funds dried up. And I think that it's just a matter of time before we see the next wave of companies that uh, will be well-funded because they're going to be using blockchain in a way that's going to provide real solutions to uh, to marketers. And I think that's why it's timely to spin off this, the blockchain CMO show because mm-hmm. it's all grown up it's growing up on its own and uh yeah it's should kind be fun of, it's so- kind of like a teenager right now it's kind of got pimples you know at the moment <laughs> it's not grown up yet right it's not quite grown up yet yeah you still got to feed it for another episode yeah so if you like that if you like uh, if you like that type of stuff if you like marketing you like technology you like blockchain obviously you like blockchain cryptocurrency you're listening to the show but if you're also in marketing or know anybody who is in marketing we'll let you know when the blockchain cmo spins out you can go Check it out over there. All four of the first four episodes will be live whenever we go live with that. And then we'll probably put out a new episode every two weeks or so. So make sure to check it out. Fantastic. Well, you know what? We need some new reviews from you guys. I want to see some humor. Go to iTunes or Facebook, wherever it is that you listen, and write something funny, especially if you enjoy the show and you're going to give us five stars because that makes us happy. It lifts our spirits. You know, it made us happy to see so many people come up to us at the um, Bitcoin conference in Miami. And if you weren't able to come, one way to say, hey, you know, we tolerate you guys is to go write that review. That is true. Go write that review. And I'm looking at iTunes right now, and it looks like we have 832 reviews. I would love to see us get another 168 reviews to get us to a thousand reviews by the end of March. So end of Q1, let's get some reviews. Let's do a review drive. And uh, people who write the funniest ones, leave leave a way to contact you in the review, like an at, you know, your, your Twitter handle or your Instagram handle or whatever. That way we can connect with you. And maybe, yeah, maybe there could be some rewards for you guys. Could be some cool stuff we can do. Oh, look at that. Mr. Travis Wright has some ideas for things. We've also got a bad coin update, but we can't really share it with you yet. Uh, but we're going to be announcing it on an episode here coming soonly. So those of you who are hodling bad coin or mining bad coin, let's just say that things are about to get exciting. 
and the universe took bad coin. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So we just want to say thank you for tuning in. It was so great to meet you guys in Miami. I mean, we had so many photos. Go check out our our Facebook page. We uploaded an album there of all the photos. or I don't know if it's all the photos, but most of the photos. What happened was whenever we took a photo with a fan, we'd use their phone, and then we'd use my phone. So we got a, we got a copy of the photo as well. And so we have an album there on the Facebook page. Go check that out. And we got all of our fun, family-friendly fan faces there. It's really cool taking photos with the iPhone 11 with the wide-angle lens because you get some really cool sort of, you know, you can point at the camera, and it looks really cool. So we got some pretty fun photos with our fans there in Miami. I don't see them. I'm looking. Did you upload them? No, but I will upload them by the time that this thing goes live. Oh, he's committed, gang. Now he's going to upload them. So watch out. And if you were there, see if you spot yourself in the photos as well. We'll catch you guys on the next episode, which will be bad news. It's been a few weeks since we've done bad news, and there's a lot of news to cover. Catch you then. Until that time, remember to please stay bad. Hasta vatsya ploha. Ochen ploha. Hold on, it's Astavatsia Plohim. Stay back, comrades. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.